Well, hey, you guys, I hope you're doing okay and uh, maybe even better than okay. I hope that you're uh, thriving today. Um, we've just had a really special time in worship and a uh, special time hearing from some global partners. And I'm kind of hoping that this will be some special time of encouragement and strength from God's word today. So uh, go ahead and grab your Bibles. And if you got them, open up to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And, and let's kind of flip whatever switch in our hearts or our minds today that might allow God to strengthen us where we need to be strengthened and encourage us where we need to be encouraged and guide and direct us uh, otherwise. I'm going to start with a, a question. Uh, do, do you ever wish that you could grow faster in your spiritual walk? Uh, do, do you ever wish your process of maturing as a follower of Jesus could just happen overnight or, or maybe over the course of, say, a, a year? You, you could learn all that you were supposed to learn, overcome all the temptations you were supposed to overcome, naturally feel and think and do and say and love all the things that Jesus loves all the time? Wouldn't that be something if that could all happen quickly? I think it would be so cool, but, but, but God has a different plan for me and you to grow up in him. Matthew, Mark, and Luke all share Jesus' parable of the sower, uh, reminding us how God scatters the seed of his word and some don't receive it at all, while others struggle to see his word bear fruit in their lives, and even fewer who hear it, retain it, and then persevere in it with hearts full of good soil. I wish the soil of my heart were good all the time. But unfortunately, that, that isn't the case, and thank you, Jesus, for giving me your grace there. There's so much language of uh, slow growth, uh, farming, pruning, blossoming, bearing fruit, going barren, laying roots into a good foundation sort of language describing our growth as Christians in the Bible. And that, that's not fast work. It's not overnight work. It's not something that you knock out once in your 20s and then never have to consider again. Uh, Mark chapter 4, write this down. Mark chapter 4, and then go read it later. Has Jesus sharing a parable about the kingdom of God being like a slow-growing seed that eventually ripens? Luke chapter 6, write that down. Luke chapter 6 has Jesus reminding people that we are like trees that bear fruit, some good and some bad. Galatians chapter 6, write that down. Galatians chapter 6 has Paul reminding us that we reap what we sow. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, write that down. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 has Paul saying that he played an active part in planting God's word in someone, and yet someone else watered that work, and yet, ultimately, it was God who made that person grow. 
Second Timothy chapter two, write that down. Second Timothy chapter two, go read it later. Points out that we are all like soldiers on a long mission or athletes competing in uh, a long series of games or, or farmers who are reaping and sowing over a lifetime. James encourages us in James chapter five to be patient for the return of the Lord like a farmer is patiently awaiting the harvest. Uh, Solomon, even in Ecclesiastes chapter 11 in the Old Testament, warns against sitting around just watching the wind or staring at the clouds, but rather we should be actively working and then catch this sticking it out at work. Because ultimately we don't know what will prosper and what won't. And then Jesus himself sums us up quite well in John chapter 15, one of my favorite chapters in all the scriptures, saying we are branches attached to him as the vine. And we're undergoing various stages of growth, fruit bearing and pruning as we remain attached to him. Now here's the deal. I'm not sure how many of us bail out on Jesus or our faith because of persecution today, although that's a real issue. I'm not sure how many of us bail out on Jesus or our faith, even because of temptation today, although that's obviously shipwrecking many of us. I think many decide to call it quits in their spiritual life or otherwise, often because we are just too tired. We're tired of the two steps forward and the one step back. We're tired of how slow we're growing. We're tired of not arriving yet. We're tired of being stuck in these earthly tents we live in. We're tired of the sometimes lonely journey of following Jesus. Now, I can understand that, but there's an odd hope, kind of an odd comfort in that the Bible gives us a slow look at our discipleship. It gives a slow process of sanctification. It doesn't give a secret formula. No, it gives us a lifelong way to be renewed day by day by day by day by day by day. If you got your Bible, open it up there, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We're going to look at verses 5 through 18, but first let's start at verses 5 and 6. Paul writing here says, For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Back at creation, God did something pretty spectacular. He dispersed darkness and created light by divine intervention. Very cool. And did you know that he keeps doing that in all of our hearts of those of us who know Jesus? He did it in Paul's, he did it in mine, he did it in yours, and he showed us the real glory of God by showing us Jesus. Look at verses 7 through 12, and then listen here for the, the opposites 
in this beautiful language that Paul's using here. Verse seven, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. And then verse 12, so then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. You hear the opposites. You hear the both hands here. We've got the treasure of who Jesus is and what he's done for us inside these uh, uh, jars of clay. Like Paul and the apostles were back then, we too are often uh, hard-pressed and perplexed and persecuted and even struck down. But also like those faithful ones before us, we are not crushed. We're not despairing. We're not abandoned. We're not destroyed. And whether you're together with people or alone or sitting down or standing up right now, you can say an amen out loud or in your heart because that's good news. We're in good company with thousands of other followers of Jesus who over the centuries have endured so much, got tired of it, were ready to throw in the towel, were exposed to all the ways death was knocking on our door. Sick and tired of dying to ourselves. Sick and tired of trying to obey. Sick and tired of being hated or misunderstood. Sick and tired of other believers even. Sick and tired of being flesh and blood, these aging vessels. But then, and then, in the midst of death, his life kicks in. The life of Jesus comes to shine in the midst of death. When we get weak, here comes the strength. His power perfected in our weakness. Now that's not my preference or my plan or process, but it's God's and it works. His repeated renewal of me, repeated refreshing of me, repeated faithfulness to show me his love and his grace, that's always at work in me and always at work in you. Quickly, verses 13 through 15, they say, it is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. So, Here's the hope uh, for all of us, maybe you today, if you consider yourself kind of a weary traveler. The one who raised Jesus will raise us 
also, daily, and then for all of eternity. Again, that's incredibly good news. And it's worth mentioning that his daily grace that shows up when we're tapped out is for our benefit. But you know what? It's ultimately not just for our benefit, but also for his glory. I don't grow up in Christ just for my sake. Otherwise, I'd kind of be growing up in a pretty selfish sort of manner, just so I could benefit, just so I could get something out of it. But ultimately, I really grow up for Jesus' sake. I grow up so there might be something he does in me that causes an overflow of thankfulness that points others to the glory of God seen in Jesus. And then this brilliant passage wraps up in verses 16 through 18. Take a look. Paul wraps up his thoughts here saying, Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed, here it is, day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes. Not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. You know, Paul's honesty in this passage and the whole letter of 2 Corinthians, for that matter, is really, really helpful to me. He's been realistic in acknowledging that all this hard work that he's been doing and all the suffering that he's had to endure has honestly taken its toll physically on him. And at least compared to most of us, he'd really been through the ringer. But here's the beautiful thing he's passing on to all of us Christians. It's not just acknowledging that outwardly we're all uh, wasting away and feeling tired and confused and ready to give up. Here's the real hope. Here's the real message Paul's trying to convey, and that is that inwardly Jesus is renewing me and you day by day by day by day by day. And he's never going to stop doing that. Now, whether we receive that or not is an entirely different conversation. But the offer is that when we come to Jesus, we remain in Jesus, we stay attached to him, that he will continue to renew us day after day after day after day. You know what it tells me that God is uh, renewing me day by day? It tells me that I should probably expect some sense of being drained day by day. Granted, some days are quite victorious, and the scripture has a ton to tell us about how victorious, about how we are really more than conquerors because of Jesus' work for us. But here today, we're looking at the encouragement from God's word when we're feeling less than victorious. See, there's still encouragement for us on those days, those seasons, it's simply par for the course on some days. The depletion that comes from pouring yourself out for others and for Jesus and probably just from life itself, well, that's kind of an expectation, really. It's just a given. We're going to get depleted. 
But that's also why God has made a way for us every single day of our lives to be renewed when we're feeling depleted. For us to experience his mercies that are new every single morning. So for any of you who feel like a weary traveler today, you're in good company. It's normal. But what God is reminding us here is that while our afflictions are temporary, our reward is eternal. And what's more, our afflictions right now are are actually doing something more than just achieving an eternal glory for us. Our afflictions are, are actually helping us grow here and now as they pull us to Jesus. They're causing us to need to come to Jesus daily. That's what it's causing in me. As I get depleted daily, that that prompts me. It magnetically draws me. I must come to Jesus daily so that he can replenish me. I'm not sure if I'd come to him daily otherwise. So, you know what? I think, I think... I'm grateful. I think I'm thankful for this gradual, not immediate growth that God's doing in me. Again, that isn't to say that he doesn't sometimes free me or others immediately from certain struggles or sins. It isn't to say that God doesn't sometimes overnight immediately produce freedom or certainly salvation. Of course, he does that too. But our being made more Christ-like, our holiness, our sanctification, that's a lifelong journey. That's a slow grow. You know, there's no microwaves in the Bible. There's no minute rice. There's no Marushan instant lunch cup of noodles. There's no fast food or quick fix or secret formula. It's a slow grow. And that slow grow is actually a blessing as it reminds me daily, daily, that there's more to this life than just what's in front of me. That Jesus is there to renew daily what the enemy or myself or this world sucks dry. And that somehow this daily drain and subsequent daily renewal are part of his sovereign plan to grow me up. So let's take a deep breath and just kind of rest in this long journey than rather be all irritated and frustrated by it. It's doing work in me and you. He's doing work in me and you through this. Let's watch out, though, for getting lazy, thinking that slow growth means we can just wallow in our sins and our struggles. Remember, we reap what we sow. But let's embrace the truth that Jesus is ready and willing and able to renew and replenish and replace daily what is getting pulled out of you. Don't forget that. And let's not forget, too, to be extra gracious with each other. We're all in different stages of our growth journey. 
You can see the fruit in some, and you can't see it in others, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's not going to blossom in them soon. And you never know who's just had a particularly hard-pressed, perplexing day where they're feeling struck down. And wouldn't it be cool, rather than being the one who strikes the death blow, if you'd be the one God chose to renew and refresh them right then and there? Let's pray together. Lord, we just kind of bow our heads before you and just give you a a moment here where we'll be quiet and still before you. Encourage us, comfort us, strengthen us, guide us, and direct us however you need to. And Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have made a way for us to be replenished and restored and renewed, not just once, but day after day after day. We know that you can sympathize with what it's like to be us. We know that you understand the challenges of what it is to be human and to live in a broken world like this. There's some constant state of depletion a pulling from us that you're aware of. But we thank you, God, that you are stronger uh, than the things that pull from us, that you are one who will never, ever run dry, and that as we pour ourselves out or get tapped out or get exhausted, that you are still there to restore and refresh and replenish in our hearts and our souls. We thank you, Father, that as we come to you on a regular basis in your word, in prayer, as we walk in a relationship with you, that you, you didn't expect us to have everything figured out and tied up in a nice bow overnight. But God, it's tiring to live a whole lifetime where you're chiseling away and you're working away at us. We thank you for your grace. We thank you that even though hard times come, you continue to refresh and restore us as we turn to you. Keep us abiding in you. Keep us looking to you. And when someone or something or some span of days taps us out, and all we can do is just kind of roll over or crawl back to you, thank you that you're in a full-on sprint for us Help us look to you more than anything else to renew us. Because you're the only one that can renew us, mind, body, soul, and spirit. You're the only one that can res restore us and renew us where we really need it. Thank you that you give us that unending gift here and now. And we look forward to an eternity where it will be every day we, we will experience depletion no more and rather just be refreshed constantly. Lord, that's a, a beautiful gift. Thank you for my brothers and sisters and all those that are joining in with us today. 
We love you so much. Thank you for loving us first. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.